Hello and welcome to Hearty Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howitt. My old friend over here, why this is Christopher Taylor. Hello. And this, he's very old. Very old. And this, this is a role-playing games podcast in a sort of area effect. Yeah, we, we promise you to never bring you any news about RPGs. 100%. We're only, we're only, only doing columns yes. about RPGs. We are past tense primarily. We are agony aunts, agony uncles, pain uncles. <laughs> we are the painful uncles of role-playing games, and also we're going to make some role-playing games in the second half of the show. So if either of those Ooh. things interest you, strap in. Strap into the special machine you use to listen to podcasts. Hold on tight, mother clucker. It's, a spe- it's like a sex swing, but it's got an iPod in it. It's a sex swing, but you're wearing headphones. It is, it is just a, it's a sex swing. However, are you a sex swing? <laughs> listen to us, innit? <laughs> Remember to put it on a joist or you will fall. And I that would... is hard to explain to the paramedics. When I say listen to us, innit, I don't mean listen to us using it. No, We're not that. recording this from a sex swing. Do that. If you'd like. Yep. Chris. Whee! It is epic. How much do you think they swing? It depends on how much you use them. Mm. I suppose really any swing's a sex swing if you're quick enough. Right? 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 I we haven't we don't have an intro for this week because you I'm might trying have, to you go might over have... the top. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> it's not it's not Okay. <laughs> I We don't have an intro for this week, as you might have noticed by yes. this by this meandering strangeness. I had Chris, I'm I'm, I'm gonna confide in you. We didn't have an intro and I was like I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try doing improv. I'm going to say I've invented a new kind of dice. <laughs> but I was so unsure of it, I didn't even say it out loud. But I'm trying to have my cake and eat it now. And now I'm very much thinking about the concept of a sex slide. Do you, does one of you stand at the bottom and the other one yes. like goes down bum first? Whichever, whichever way. <laughs> that is... There's a, there's a really complete set of instructions. That is high risk, high reward. It is, yeah. I think I think I think it could be very marketable. Because like, if you do it right and it goes in, you've got to feel like fucking Pele at that point. <laughs> you've got to feel like Tiger Woods, eighteenth hole. Yeah, yeah. You've got to feel like Hurricane Higgins or someone else who was good at snooker. But the like Undertaker. The, you've got to. Feel, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to feel like Triple H. <laughs> Helena Cell. 2016. You've got to feel like you've, you've just climbed a ladder and ripped a briefcase down. <laughs> Thrown another man through a table. You've got to feel so accurate and precise in the field of sports if you manage to either... Yeah, does the owner slide on the person who's at the bottom or the top of the slide? I think this is very much a team affair. Yeah, yeah, no one can take all the credit. No. How about a sex um, roundabout? I like that. Um, I think that what? that could lead to contusions, at, at least. 
um, and the losing of members at most. I can't. I, yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a, of a fun way of doing it. Yeah, like uh, what you want to do is you want to focus on the seesaw. Am that I way everybody the right can word? play. Am I using the right word roundabout? Like one of those things you push and it goes in a circle. Yeah, spinny boy. Yeah, spinny boy. I, I had merry go round, but those things are those things are like most Mer- merry go round's got horses on it, and that's a whole yes. different kettle of fish. That's a very different thing. Sex seesaws. Mm-hmm. I like it because it sounds a bit like I'm saying sexy sores. Mm-hmm. Always good. Uh, which is fun. I I worry about how you'd how you'd use it. It doesn't. It does like it's not comfortable to sit on them, let alone have sex on them. That's and very then, true. Like, do you have like do you have people to help? Oh, I, I mean, it's always more useful if there's more people to help. What about those? What about sex? Those wobbly horses that are on springs outside of pubs. I think that that could be very confusing. I think that's more for uh, more for the onanist. Like that is, that is very much a one-player activity. I got to it and wank. <laughs> what you want is like grip it with your thighs. What you want is death-defying, right? Yeah. Skilled mm-hmm. and sexy, right? And I think that there's one there's one item that c- captures all three of those. Okay, and that would be the sex trapeze. I think that's that's us moving moving quite far away from playground. No, I understand this. Um, if you want to go playground, then it would be the sex zip line. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! Wow! You grew up in some fancy playgrounds, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes. Zip lines, <laughs> la di da. Did your butler carry you back up? He did. Yeah. He um, did. His, his name was Walter, and he was a charmer. He'd, now he'd pull me off if I asked. <laughs> Never asked, but he would have. <laughs> he would have done. So, sex trapeze. Sex trapeze, yes. So you've got a lot of a lot of interact interaction points on the sex trapeze, and you've got the dismount. A lot of interaction, but you mean like when you're describing an arc through the air? Yes, yes. When you're parabolically fucking, you're putting the bollock back into parabolics. That's really good. Thank you very much. I think that it, that's more dangerous than the sex slide. It is. I think this, the sex slide has a really prescribed arc that mm, you're going to come down it. The sex slide is like rookie stuff. Like that's 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 your training wheels. I don't. You go swings, slide, trapeze, um, aerial space station. What about a sex quad operated postman pat ride? That could work. Like one of those sex so, rockets outside of stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like, like you sit in it and put fifty p in, and it and it, it goes, and then you you know have sex and, on it, and you're all weirdly crammed in. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, sexy. Yeah. Oh, there's barely enough room to breathe in there. Oh, we're so, clo- oh, we're so close to each other. And all, the only the, the only vision you've got is like weird eye contact with a plastic cat. <laughs> what we're all there for? Let's be honest. Should we do the role-playing advice? We really should, yeah. I am interested in this. And also, I just, I just want to say, it's not because they're for children. No. We want it, like, this is all for consent adult, uh, consenting adult stuff. There yeah. isn't, like, this isn't, like, we just think we're taking the idea of swing and moving on. Just want to get that, just want to get ahead of those. Um, <laughs> Angry if anyone, letters. If anyone's going to write in on that one. Yeah. Uh, ask me a question, Christopher Taylor. I will ask you a question. Oh, sorry. Actually, before you go on, this is episode one, two, three. Yes, you said that. We could have made a lot more jokes about that. I think we could have filled an episode really easily. Oh well, let's do some role playing. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai on Reddit asks your biggest fuck ups as a GM. Mm, my biggest fuck up. I've had to retcon sessions before. Like whole sessions. Yeah. Or That's like, or like, 
like or like like retcon the ending of a session and be like, oh, actually, that hasn't worked for me. But I think my biggest fuck up as a GM was I gave. Uh, I'm not sure whether I mentioned this in the show before. I gave it was a D20 modern campaign which you were in, Christopher, mm-hmm. and I gave one of my players a magical device which could destroy any wall once a day. Mm, yes, uh, and then I presented that player with a with a threat that was at the top of a very large circular tower, and he instantly destroyed it. Yes, because a big circle. Yeah, is it's a single wall. wall. Yeah. Yes, and so I, I like, and that was that actually killed the game. <laughs> that that wrong-footed me so much. I believe it was the same game where you uncovered the fact that the magic glyphs that I'd drawn were in fact just stick figures representing the damage yes. that, that the magical glyphs. So there was a there was a glyph of protection from cars, and you said, "Hang on, isn't that just a kid getting hit by a Fiat Escort?" I did, yeah. Sorry, Ford Escort. Uh, I had to be like, um, uh, "No, <laughs> turn it upside down." This was ten years ago, and I was much less confident in my abilities. Yeah, like it's all too easy to accidentally fuck up like that. Like, in in a way of putting in something that you don't think has that much effect, and somebody else goes, mm. "Oh, well, it's just this." Yeah, and then ruining everything. Like, and again, I think I've talked about this before. Like, back in my AD and D days, I've um, I put in like extraneous details over and above what the adventure told me to put in. Mm-hmm. This was a mistake. Is this like your Adamantium Wolves? Adamantium Wolves. Um, a, players a melted down into Adamantium. A selection of stones that one was hot and one was cold, and if you put yeah. them next to each other, they went in patterns. Um, all sorts of shit like that. And mm. then the players go, well, fuck this to one side. I'm going to look at these tiny rocks for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just playing the game, please. I'm sorry I said that was were funny stones. I'm sorry I gave you plot. I feel very bad about it now. I was trying to bring colour to your world and you abused it. You've ruined it. And that's and that's a, that's a thing I think like when you like when you look at Dungeons and Dragons magic items, especially from like the three point five era, none of them are like, Oh yeah, and it does this. Mm. It's all, oh, it inflicts this much damage or it destroys any item of DC X or higher or hardness 2 or, or lower, what have you. And they all have these limits on it. Which is not what magic is. No. Crucially. Um, it's a science in Dungeons and Dragons. But because they wanted, because they had to have this thing which functioned, and it fucking doesn't function, but they had to have this thing which was broadly applicable and couldn't have anything like, oh, I did this one thing and I managed to completely invert the universe. Yeah, like, it's like... In other games, it's like if every single magic item was a wish spell. Yes. Like, that's a lot of effort. I mean, don't get me wrong, I prefer that because I can mm. mess about with the story and whatnot. Mm. But also, come on. So, I think that that's, like, both of us have fucked up in, in including items which we, we seemed fairly innocuous, which we thought were fun, but it turns out actually the reason why magic items are boring is because exciting ones don't work. Yeah, and I think this happens because... You, you have a good idea, right? Like, I had a good idea for these cool little stones. Mm. And I, I neglected describing much else of the environment they were in. That is the issue. Because I thought this idea was so cool. Mm. And it turns out, another person another person I was playing with thought it was so cool that they'd stop playing the game. <laughs> I just want to fuck with these stones for a bit, please. Yeah. Well, not just a bit. Six months. Wow. Yeah. I think that there's there's a there's a desire to be sort of like 
to have that idea that there's this mysterious world and that the magic items are little parts of it which you can interact with. And the problem is, is if you give players that, they will start trying to find out where it stops, what they can do with it. Yeah, like they, 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 they see need the whole the picture. Hole goes. Yeah, because they can't just go. This you? is mysterious, unknowable. Cool, I'll interact with it for a bit and move on. Yeah, like painful. And like players never get like, oh, you know what? That's a bit spooky. I don't think I'm going to go in there. No, fuck it. Let's go. Can't put. You can't stop me doing anything unless you literally kill me. <laughs> and even then, my protege will find my corpse <laughs> and this dumb item you made. I should say my protege is in my bag and is wearing a mask of my face <laughs> and is carrying a tiny replica of this same item. I did fuck up. When, uh, sorry, we both fucked up when we wrote Jason Statham's Big Vacation. Actually. Yes, we should never uh, have made it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a wonderful game, except the original draft means that the more you, that if, if you play in accordance with the rules, it gets harder the longer the game goes on and you lose. Yes. As opposed to getting easier the longer the game goes on and then you win. Or you lose, but it's exciting. And there's just, yeah, one word I, I wrote in wrong. And now everyone who plays it online gets that initial tweet. I can't <laughs> change it. So there's that, I suppose. That's one of my biggest regrets. Yeah, because that's a lot of admin, if nothing else. Mm. Or like, like uh, Yogscast played it, and I turned up in the chat going, Boys, no! No, you've done it wrong, boys! You're doing but it no. wrong, right, but wrong! But they didn't listen. They, they refused to listen to my, to my uh, pitiful screams. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Please do. Ib Burr writes in, What franchise would you most like to see an RPG for, and who would you like to publish it? Now this is this is actually taking us back to our very first episode. I think it we answered does, this yeah. question. So uh, we answered this question 123 episodes ago, which is very exciting. Can you remember our answers? You said Wheel of Time. Shit, that's what I was about to say. Uh, and I said Tim Powers. Well, that's under an army, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, maybe we shouldn't ask this question then. Maybe I'll ask a different question. No, 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 no. We've got to come up with a different one. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking maybe like we could think about how we've grown. And matured, and all the different fun things. I want to win a time game! I know. It's not going to happen, buddy. The magic system's too big. The magic system is too big, but... But there's a Game of Thrones-style TV series of it coming soon. That might help. Okay, true. I think the problem is... Is, much like the problem with your magical stones... When you try and quantify the sort of shit that characters get up to... Whenever you say one of them is a wizard... It breaks. Yes. Which is why you can't have a Harry Potter RPG. And also, um, to the best of my knowledge, there's no section of Game of Thrones which would make quite a good RPG. Well, it has, like, you know, yeah. a Song of Ice and Fire, right? That yeah. sort of thing. Where main characters just fuck off for three books. And those books are 10,000 pages long. And mm. one of them is just a boat trip where they're just buying some peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad I've never read the Game of Thrones books. That sounds terrible. That's Wheel of Time. Oh, sorry, Wheel of Time. It's um, like now I look back on it, the Wheel of Time is bad. Oh, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not good, but it's so ingrained in my like fantasy lexicon mm-hmm. that I, I still want it. I think I've worked out what I want. What do you want? There's a show called Enter the Badlands. <laughs> yes, there is. I tried watching that. Not not to everyone's taste. No, I could appreciate that. So, Enter the Badlands is uh, it's, it's a I forget, it was uh, AMC I think or some sort of some sort of American TV uh, com- company produced it, 
and it's post-apocalyptic, except like uh, like civilization starting to rebuild itself. And right at the start of the show, it's this guy riding a cool motorcycle, brum, 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 uh, along along some poppy fields because everyone grows opium now. And he says, after the war. Everything was bad, and then the barons arrived, and they took over parts of the Badlands, and they banned guns, and now they're in charge. And at no point throughout the entire first season does anyone go, hey, should we get guns? Right? Like, if they just got guns. Or like, hey, how come there aren't guns? Because they've got, like, they've got prosthesis, they've got doctors, they've got all kinds of shit. But they've banned guns, and the main reason they've banned guns, from what I can understand, is so everyone has cool sword fights all the time, and uses throwing knives and stars, and doesn't just solve problems by going BANG! (laughs) But, like, I watched a couple of episodes, and the amount of crimes people commit in that is Mm -hmm. astonishing. Crime heavy. But the one crime they never do is having a gun. (laughs) Yes! Like they, yes. They'll rob a bank, they'll do a murder. They'll, like, they'll, like, oh, they'll, not they'll betray that gun. their lord. Oh boy. They'll, yeah. All yeah, they'll literally things, commit treason yeah. before owning a gun. And I get that it is a conceit for the show. And it works, in my opinion, because it's a fun show and there's lots of big fights and I like that. And I'm not hugely into the whole wizard subplot or maybe plot they've got going on. However... I wouldn't be too averse to having a look at a role-playing game where we can have cool fights that isn't too, um, what's the word? Feng shui-ish? Yeah. Feng shui's a bit technical for my tastes. I think what I want is, is I want an RPG of a particular type of television series. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm thinking here is big-budget, schlocky stuff. Okay, like Hobbs and Shaw? No, 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 like series. Oh, so it's a film. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, Things like Peaky Blinders, Penny Dreadful, mm. that that sort of two seasons, maybe three, mm-hmm. very big budget, a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like that. And, like, a really good Penny Dreadful um, game would probably be actually quite fun. I mean, I realise it's essentially, like, League of Extraordinary and Cobra's Club. So it's, it's, was it, like, sort of Grim Victoriana? That's the... Grim Victoriana, but, like, um, Frankenstein's there. Okay, all right. Yeah, I mean, that is League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but I'll take that. Just, like, downpower it a bit, yeah? Yeah, but, like, what's quite nice is that there are there are normal people dealing with them. Mm. And that's neat. Can I put something forward? Y- yes, please do. Carry-on films. Strong. Tell me more. Carry-on films or sort of farces or that sort of ridiculous over-the-top, none of this really makes sense, but we're going to try and keep it together through momentum comedy. Yeah. Which is, incidentally, what most role-playing games end up as. Why not just go in at the sourcebook level? Why? Yeah. Why not? Why not have a sourcebook which is uh, more tea, Vicar? Hey, you, call, you could call it more tea, Vicar. And it's about like hiding a corpse or trying to have an affair. <laughs> you know, trying to that sleep level. with everyone in the hospital. Like, I'm going to say one out of four episodes of Frasier, where like Niles and a woman. And a different Niles or a different woman have to be in different rooms. And Fraser's running around with this big, hairy body. His, his sort of his like he's a corpulent man. He he's is. A powerful. It's like it's like it's like a load of chops someone's left out overnight. <laughs> an, in, an entire session where you're just you've just eaten too much fish and now you're trapped in a lift. Yeah, that sort of thing. Try not to fart the horrible fish smell. <laughs> But like, but like, there's, there's there's very few comedy role playing games. Um, there's stuff which is which is like funny, certainly, but there's very few things which are expressly designed to make funny stuff happen. Yeah, like mechanically reinforce and reward funny. Yeah, and farces, please. I would like, like 
I would like to hide a corpse. Yeah, like Honey Heist is funny, but it's not doesn't mechanically reward you for being funny, right? No, not uh, that's the, it's, it's it's not like it rewards you for being funny, but like the actions, um, the mechanics of the game uh, inspire you to be funny. So I'd say that Goblin Quest is written in that way. Goblin Quest is is a slapstick mechanical system. Yes, absolutely. Um, but not enough games go like, okay, if you use double entendre, you've got mm-hmm. a plus one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, I will say that what the, the problem with that is when you start, it's a bit like trying to dissect a joke is like trying to, is like trying to dissect a frog, is that you can find out how it works, but it won't hop around afterwards. Unless you're very good. Unless you're very good. Or a necromancer. Mm. But the, the challenge there is once you say, okay, hey, here are the rules for comedy, I can just imagine half, half the players getting it wrong. Oh, and yes. I say, I say, oh, actually, sorry. Every time I make a double entendre, I get this. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna power game and do double entendres all the time. And like, I didn't give a shit about the first one. Yeah, and like, and they're only, they're only really funny if women say them. Everybody, everybody's not. Everybody knows somebody who's not quite as funny as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna be drawn to that game. Oh, they're gonna love that game. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna ruin the experience for everyone. Yeah, and then they're gonna cry when nobody laughs. So it has to mechanically support it. Yeah. Not reward it. That's anyway, though. this is just us talking about things we want, which is a different podcast. Would you like I another think. question? Yeah, I would, I think, yeah. What's the best plot twist you've ever given your players? By Ialdabaoth. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to pronounce. I-A-L-D-A-B-A-A-O-F. Hmm. Well, I think, I think you F, pulled it off. new letter. O-F. O-F. Welsh. O-F. I, I'm not very good at plot twists. Oh, I'm and I'll tell you. I'll tell you for why. I get too excited. <laughs> you do actually. That is a really I good get, reason. I get really excited about the plot all the time, and so all I want to do is either tell the players directly yep. what my idea is, <laughs> or ha- or or like have an NPC do it. But like any good ideas I have will last maybe two scenes yeah. before I've just told the players about them. Because I'm just excited, and I want to, like I don't want to be sort of. Mm, perhaps you'll find out my riddles if you play your cards right upon my mysterious game. No, come on, let's have a fun time together. <laughs> hey, by the way, this guy's a baddie. You can tell from his moustache <laughs> and the way there's train tracks near where he is all the time. He's carrying a large fizzing orb, which I believe. Yes, it is a bomb. <laughs> that He's is wearing a two wick. top hats. He's just eating the dog. No. That's that 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 grade of thing. I get really excited. So I'm not very good at plot twists, and like I've been in games where an NPC lied to us, and I was like, I was like, what? See, I was going to use that as my example of the best plot twist ever given my players. Just just a really minor shit. Really, really early in your gaming career, I had an NPC. Oh, fucking Hallard. Hallard the the dwarf, just straight up lying to your face. He stole, he stole, um, we were were trying to rebuild, reader, we were trying to rebuild a magical sword, which I believe was sort of a tactical nuke, which I, I figure you stole that from Eberron. I think so. I I honestly can't remember the the, the surrounding plot now. We were trying to rebuild a magical sword. Uh, Hallard was a friendly NPC who came along with us, but he wasn't friendly. No, he just lied to your face, and you were Hallard's, like, "Okay, you're an NPC, sure." Hallard stole three pieces of our sword and yeah. ran off with them, and then the campaign finished because yeah. because summer holidays happened. Yeah, and there was a black dragon, and I tried I tried to pick up his eye. No, someone else did. That was the wizard. Point is, um, 
the the most minor shit. Yeah, you can you can, can really, really just twist your blow people under the bus with it. And it's it's a, it's a weird thing to do because like in a in let's let's compare role playing games to, to 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 TV shows, right? Sure. Because I think I think that's probably the closest sort of analog for entertainment. Not films. Films are one shots, but your sort of ongoing weekly campaign is a TV show. If you had a character betray someone, you'd you'd ha- you'd seed things through a little bit. So they're like, hmm, is this char- is this character on the level? <gasps> they weren't on the level, and so it's satisfying. Yeah, you know, rather than having that character play completely straight, or other characters be like, are you sure about this person? Rather rather than having that character play completely straight, you'd do some things so it would it, like you'd look back on it and say, oh, actually, that's what was going on. So when you rewatch it, you can see what's happening. You yeah. know, yes. In a role-playing game, one, you can't rewatch really it, and two, everything you say must be important. In theory. There's no... Like, you're, you're, the players only have your voice to communicate with the game world. Yeah. So if you say anything, like, as, as we were saying earlier, if, if there's a slight mystery here, no, I'm going to ride this mystery around like a horse until it stops being mysterious. And so it's quite hard to do satisfying twists in that way. It is, and like... A lot of the larger campaign setting, uh, not settings, campaign books like Adventures, Mm. try and put a big twist in. Mm. But the problem is with, say, something at the level of Mask of Nyarlathotep, there's so much that's missable. Mm. Like, it's not a guarantee that your players are going to bump into any of the foreshadowing at any point. Yeah. So, like, it's a twist, or it doesn't look like a twist, because that's just how it's always been. Because mm. you meet it's, this person, they're evil. Well, if you'd have seen them, like, three scenes ago, they were pretending to be good. Yeah, but we mm. didn't. We, we were didn't in Peru. Them. Yeah, or, like, like you, you voiced them perfectly normally, so we didn't think to make, a, to make a sense motive check. Yeah. It's a bit like the old L.A. Noir problem. <laughs> Doubt. In, in the early levels of L.A. Noir, so so so, dear reader, if you've never if you've never played L.A. Noir, it's a it's a it it's it's aged remarkably badly, seeing as it came out about six years ago. Yeah, six years ago. No, maybe a little bit more than that. Point is, it's uh it's an open world game without an open world in it, but let's just gloss over that. You have to interview uh, mocap like uh, facial captured people uh, who have done crimes or not done crimes. And later on in the game, they just give a they just give a normal performance. But but earlier on in the game, they'll be like, oh, "I ain't seen nothing. Uh, no one came around here, boss." Wink. <laughs> and they're like tugging at their shirt. Tugging at their shirt, like 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 one of their arms has gone wild and is flapping up <laughs> they, and down. At they speed. won't make eye contact with anybody. They're, they're just polishing at a sky, gun, wiping blood off their chops. It's it's really it's it's very very silly and you and you end up with this because like like to it's quite a hard thing for an actor to portray someone who's lying but well mm. let alone for someone who's improvising that dialogue and is not trained <laughs> and can be called up on it yes that's, it's a, that's yes, the unfortunate it's, it's tricky thing. but you know what lie to your players all the time always lie. Wrong never tell them. the truth and they expect it then you can tell the truth twist when they're trying to sleep make loud noises. Ring a bell every time someone gets a crit. Post awful things to them. Mmm. You mean like on the internet or through the letterbox? Letterbox. Mmm. Like dead animals? Sure. Yeah, sure. That's like a picture of an animal. Whatever. You know, like anything. Vague, non-specific threats. Yeah. If you do that again, I'm going to. <laughs> Why You're going to order? what? Yeah. 
yeah. or just or just like just like tacking a note. Don't park here on their cars. <laughs> but like it's it's all capitals and it's made out of like um, newspaper clippings, like a, like I, a ransom note. So you're suggesting that you gaslight your players? Yes. Yes. Don't do that. Pretty hard. Don't do that. Uh, should, doubt should they're even in the on? game. Should we move on or should we have another question? Let's do one more for completeness sake. Okay. Blake Ryan writes in, Each session, people tell me they like my game setting. So how can I use the setting to garner more interest in the game? New and existing players, please. We had a big problem for many years dealing with settingless games and yes. writing um, a generic system to to please everybody. Universal, please. I'm sorry. Actually, no, actually, no sorry, sorry, sorry. It was generic in that it emulated the genre. Go on. Yes, very good. Um, and then we found setting. And setting is where, oh, what's the word, money is? Yeah, folks, settings. That's what you need. Your game needs one. Yes. So, honestly, the rules behind a game setting, secondary. Your rules can be absolutely shithouse. And as long as the setting's good, everyone will buy it, Invisible Sun. <laughs> fucking wow. Come on, mate. You don't know what the rules are. No one knows what the fucking rules are. <laughs> <laughs> Montgomery Kirk doesn't know what the fucking rules are. I haven't found the secret inside the box that tells me to roll a d20 yet. I just... Mm. No, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure the rules are great. I'm sure the rules are just just wonderful, and you need all the board and the 500 cards and the hand you put up your ass. But Grant, which book are they in? The door, the path, the key, or the way? Fuck all the way off. <laughs> Point anyway. is... If you've got a really strong setting, you can strap it to something that you know works. Yes. So you can, I mean, for a better way of putting it, you can just bung it in fate and just get on with your day. Yeah. Um, Work for Tommy Robo. Yeah. Um, But your setting is mad strong, so focus on it. Like, when when you're doing promotional stuff for a game, talk about the setting and then go, complete rules for fighting. Yeah, don't worry. Like, also, the system is only going to encourage. If you talk about the system, it's only going to really get to people who know a lot about systems, which isn't most people. Yeah, for sure. It's like us. That's it. Pretty much. And so, if you talk at length about the system, it's 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 kind of equivalent to telling people about your twelfth level paladin. In that, like, you can say, "Oh, we've designed the system in this way to try and push these sort of stories forward." But what what you're selling people when you're selling RPGs is the potential for adventure, the potential for excitement, and a, a plane ticket to imaginary worlds in their own heads. And so I think what you can best do as a if you're trying to promote trying to promote something through the setting, uh, a role playing game through the setting, is to talk about the potential player focused experiences. Not five hundred years ago, the elves arrived and crafted the world out of dwarves. If you've got a no- timeline in your setting, take it out. Yeah, take the time like setting. Them. However, don't focus about like about the grand world. Don't focus about all these things. T- talk about use the lens of what a protagonist, what a what a player character will be doing, and the sort of people they'll be, and how exciting that is, and that and that, that sort of gives people a taste of that agency as to what they can do. Yeah, like with when you, if you're doing say a Kickstarter, you need to mention the rules because people will get up at you if you don't. People do like the rules. They do. They do like to know the rules. I but mean, when, sorry, you say people got up at tea. I wouldn't back a Kickstarter if I didn't know what the rules were. That's what I mean. Yeah. Are you said I'm up at tea. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you are. Yeah. Go right. Fair. Fair. You know. Yeah. Ask. Ask and answered. Go on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when you're trying to sell people, like, 
at a at a table, like, all right, guys, we we I want to play a new game this week. It's about this. Mm. You only really need to go is a D twenty system, or we use playing yeah. cards. Yeah, everything else kind of fades into the background unless it's a major selling point. Yeah, no one really cares about setting unless they're a big nerd. Again, like us. Like I'm gonna say. Sorry, no one cares about rules unless they're a big nerd. I'm going to say every one of the every one of the people in my games um, for my Monday night and Thursday night groups doesn't give a shit about about the uh, about the rules. Well, they haven't learned them. Well, no, but they want they want the rule to be as easy and as straightforward as possible, so we can have a nice time hanging out together. Yeah, they are like they want rules that don't get in the way and don't and, and maybe like they don't have to ever know. <laughs> oh, that I hate that. I'm sorry, man. I hate that so much. Like we have different groups with different experiences. That's no, I under, you, I completely understand that. But you like that, force people to learn the rules, and possible, I respect yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, talk t- uh, talk about character classes. Talk about cool spells. Talk about uh, deading do. Uh, talk get your about pl- what you can do in a setting, not how mm. you do it. Get your playtesters to uh, to describe uh, things that they've done in an exciting not. Uh, and then I did three damage, and then he did four damage. Don't get him to do that. Don't but get them to talk. Get them to talk about fun things they've done in a in a abs- in the abstract, and uh, yeah, I think we'll do all right. Yeah, talking Chris, about that- settings and or games. Yeah, we should make some. Oh yeah! All right, all right. Jingle, jingle. Did you ever want a game to exist, but not enough to make it yourself? So games, we make games. Yeah, let's do some games. Let's make some games. Okay, give me one. This one comes from Mike Harrison Wood. Mm-hmm. Biker Grove, Mice from Mars. So this is combining. This Biker is combining Grove. Biker Grove. Biker Grove. It, the famous like the, Geordie the, children's TV show. Yeah, the premier sausage-throwing school drama mm-hmm. of a children's television. How uh, was with, it? The theme tune went again. I can't remember. A lot of bounding. It was a lot of that. That was Grange Hill, I think. Was it? They sound the yeah. same to me. Baker, 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 grow! You're right. That, I was doing Grange Hill. Yeah. For uh, the same and, and, anyway. I'll be honest with you. Be honest with you. I tricked you. I'm sorry. Anyway. Okay. It's like, it's like the I Dream of Genie problem. Mm. Biker yeah. Grove. Biker Grove. Kids, Geordie, scrappy little Geordie kids running around, up to, up to no good. And... Biker Mice from Mars, the animated mm-hmm. show where Martian mice ride motorbikes mm-hmm. and are superheroes. Right. So where is this like the children from Biker Grove end up on Mars and are trapped and alone? Trapped and alone? Like Trapped and alone. Oh, okay. I was like, well, they've, they've made some really bad business decisions. <laughs> No, please, please sell this game to me because I cannot envisage how it works. So, what we do is we take the entire plotline of Biker Mice from Mars. Okay. And what we Which do? Which was? Uh, we're Martian mice and we solve crimes. They solve crimes. Okay. With rocket launchers that come out of our bicycles. I remember that much. Um, and we scale it back to their school years. Mm-hmm. And we show them like doing their cycling proficiency tests. Ah, I see. So trying like to pass a, math just so they can graduate. You know, that's like a mouse, bike and mice from Mars babies. Yes, and there's like a, you know, you remember the Harry Potter stuff where like they go back to the to the early days and you see like Snape as a kid, and he's right, just, yeah. and he's just a dick. 
Yeah. You have that, but it's Limburger, who is the the nemesis, <laughs> like the sweaty, cheese-smelling billionaire Limburger. Um, I can't remember a single thing about this person. I used to love the show. Um, yeah. And, and he's just this monster, but, like, he's mm-hmm. really quite good at economics. Right, I see. Um, and he, and he, his, his father's very rich, and so he's just an asshole at school, and you've got to try and bring him down with toy motorcycles. It'd be kind of like Gotham. you kind of like Gotham, but in a school. On Mars. I think it would have to be on Earth. Okay. Because Limburg is technically a man, I think. Can I... I or a I, fish? I'm, I not, I'm, not, I'm not in love with this. Really? I'm not feeling it. You haven't sold me. I've got one, I've got one which I think is going to knock your socks off. All right, remove my socks with words. Phoenix Knoll writes in, Dick Rugburn, P.I. <laughs> so what is the plot of Dick Rugburn, P.I.? So, so it's a point and click slash hidden. Uh, so I'm imagining, right? So her story, really brilliant, evocative, crime-solving story, you mm-hmm. know? You've got to try and put the things together. So it's a Columbo-style game. You're, what, you're, you're going around... Do, do not get the HDF Discord restarted on Columbo. Yeah, please. We had a problem. Columbo, yeah, we had to salt the earth for the HDF questions. thread. <laughs> <laughs> Because everyone just had different ways of saying Columbo. Also, everybody missed out on Cunilumbo, which is... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you did very well. Now, you played Dick Rugburn, mm-hmm. private investigator. All of you. Um, yes, all of you. So it's like an everyone is John. Well, again, I was envisaging a computer game. I'm very sorry. This I is a role-playing like, I, I game do, podcast. I, do, I know, but... Okay, fine. I'm just saying. Like... You play. You play a series... Of private investigators. <laughs> all of them with really saucy names. No. Okay. Oh. You all play Dick Rugburn. Okay. You all play Dick Rugburn. You're wearing me down with your, with your correct. I'm sorry. I... Just just because I say at the start many times this is a game about tabletop, this is a show about tabletop role playing games, doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to make, I don't know, concept restaurants and bikes in the second half of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Theme pubs. Fuck it. <laughs> Anyway, please continue with your video game. You're Dick Rugburn. Mm-hmm. You're you're investigating a mysterious disappearance, a string of mysterious disappearances and murders, and so uh, ver- various prominent wealthy uh, people have been taken from around. I'm going to say maybe it's in Florida, or like or like on the beach in LA, that sort of thing. So it's quite glamorous. Perhaps perhaps uh, Miami. Miami is good. That sort of thing, uh, but quite flashy. You know, mm. think, like think white carpet. That sort yep. of thing. Now, I is going to come back in a second. Because all the way throughout this, you are just rubbing your cock on the carpet. Right. You are absolutely furiously frotting away. And you have to, you have to try and stop doing that. So there's also kind of a rhythm game just to try and keep, your, keep yourself down. <laughs> to, stop, <laughs> to stop from messing up. So you've got... It's kind of... You could probably have it on the 3DS because I wouldn't want anyone to see me playing it. That's fair. So you could have... Uh, or maybe like on, on the Switch, perhaps. But you've got this like this quite tense, like, watch this scene. Watch, like, like, like Ali Noir, you're doing investigations. You've got to try and, like, keep an eye. You've got stakeouts. Like, you're on a stakeout. And then suddenly, uh, you you notice that there's there's a carpet warehouse just just along the road. And suddenly... Or you brothel. Enter, or brothel. As, 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 uh, as Richard would refer to it, yes. Yeah. Uh, a nylon brothel, and so he has to. You have, you have to do kind of a kind of a rhythm a rhythm game to try and stop rubbing your dick on the carpet. Now it's not game over if you fail. It's just <laughs> it's a it's a branching path because then it you have to explain no what happened. <laughs> no one reacts. 
No, everyone reacts and it makes some investigations slightly harder. It's a bit like in Metal Gear Solid 5, for example, where, like, if you get discovered, it's not game over, but it can make it much harder. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get discovered, it can make it much harder, but in a different way. Can we make this a sort of buddy cop thing? Please. Um, Starsky and Hutch style, but have a shag pile. Mm-hmm. As, as, well. as the... As driver. The... <laughs> I don't know why a driver. As a driver. That's fine. So so, so his, his partner is Carpet. Yes, his partner is Carpet. D- Sentient? Sure. Sapient? He thinks it does, is. Does he have sex with the Carpet? It is his partner wife. Right, okay. And the, and the Carpet's into it? Yeah, the Carpet's super into it. Okay, so it's kind, of, it's kind of like sexy. There's a lot of like sexual tension about there will they, lot, won't yes. they? Yeah, okay. Uh, who, who's voicing the carpet? Is it just him? <laughs> <laughs> but he's putting on like a really awkward, high-pitched voice. Yeah. Oh, Dick Redbird, I love you so much! That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned because I'm not sure either of these are the best idea. I think I think what we're getting now is we're getting really really good names for things. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like so, this is from nerdy people play D and D. Yeah, which is Kink Shaman. Mm. Such a strong title. A game where each player is a shaman using fetishes and other accoutrements to popularize their bedroom shenanigans or seduce the other players. Mm. Like. That is great, but I don't know how to make that into a game that everyone's comfortable with. I think it's the second half of the sentence that's the problem. Popular, yeah, pop, no, 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 that's not a centre. Um, to popularise their bedroom shenanigans or seduce the other players. Too limited. Right. What I want is Mage the Awakening, but all your powers run off kink. Okay. So, for example, you've got, or like maybe Persona, that sort of shit. You know, that's already pretty sexy from where I can. Wasn't there wasn't one monster which was just a big dick chariot? There was a dick chariot, yes. But yeah. like, you've got. By, sorry, by sexy, I mean sex oriented rather than. Right, okay, yeah. so it's not like, I summon thigh high boots, flop. And just yeah, a pair of thigh high boots appear. No, but like, let's say the person, who, the person who's into, say, being tied up gets tied up and then can kind of keep other people, in, like pin other people in place. They can pin monsters in place. They work like a controller. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So they'd be a controller. Uh, you'd have like, oh, or, or like again, again, like the Dom would be a controller That's in just that a situation. That's, yeah, yeah. A, a dominator is just a warlord. Uh, sorry, a dominant, not a dominator. <laughs> it's like subtly different. Uh, you've got, what else do people like doing in bed or not in bed? Uh, juggling. I guess the, the, no, the <laughs> ranger would be, would be like, a, would be like a voyeur. Me. Because because they, they they have sex outside a lot. He's up a tree with a pair but like, of binoculars. But like but like the voyeur, that's scrying magic, isn't it? That is, yeah. Hey, that works. You've got that. And so like if you want, like you can do any magic spell as long as you can, as above so below, fetishistically link it to a fetish. As long as you can fuck it out. As long yeah, as long as you can sort it out. But as long as someone gets off on it, preferably that's a, you. That's a that, that that's a pretty wide net. Yeah, but like you've, got to find the, you've got to find the person for the spell casting. Oh, yes, you've got to find them. I think so. Are, like, they, are like, they the material component? Kind of, yeah. And so, like, you've got to seduce and bring them on the side and, like, hey, listen, I fancy you, but also this is for a spell. We've got is to bring okay? down a rival wizard. I'll be with you in 24 hours. I've got to really comb these wanted ads. Now, go. <laughs> How would you, the classic, the classic Mage the Awakening, 
um, spell is blowing up, doing a fireball and saying it was a gas main mm-hmm. that exploded. How would you do a fireball in this game? Because so... I don't think fire is a popular enough fetish. No. Hang on. Wait. Can I put in another rule? Yeah. Um, much like Mage of the Awakening, the more popular a fetish is, the more powerful the magic is. So there's kind of a consensus. Sure. Go on. Balloons. <gasps> fill I... them fill them with flammable gases. Yeah. And the tension the tension yeah. of do they pop, mm. don't they pop? Yeah. Under a shapely bottom. Yeah, like 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 kind of like a sexy Hindenburg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> Okay. Going down um, like a sexy Hindenburg. I think that I have the opposite of whatever a balloon fetish is. Yes. Not not that I just find them like I don't I don't care. Like say like I don't like battered sausages I don't find arousing. Sure. I just don't care about them. Whereas balloons I get actively unaroused. Yeah, like I'm genuinely the t- afraid yeah. they're going to pop and I don't By want the tension. That. Yeah, I don't like it when they pop, I don't like it when they're about to pop. That's a horrible squeak. Oh, squeaking noise. That's the way they taste when you blow them up. Oh, it's just a horrible situation. I do. I like. I, like, I can feel myself getting tense, and I guess maybe that's obviously that's the fun part, you know. Yes. Yeah. But bouncing under the down of the big squeaky thing that might burst. I think this is pretty good. I worry about this. Like, I don't know what group I'd play this with. No, like a lot of groups, you could probably get away with it if you pitched it funny. Mm-hmm. But then and it would get act- funny. But then that actually can turn to kink shaming. Yes, and you never know whether anybody in your part in, in the group shares that kink. That's very true. Yeah, maybe they like jumping up and down on balloons. Yeah, you know, you know what? Odds are, maybe someone who's listening to this podcast likes jumping da- jumping up and down on balloons. Yeah, and I just I want to. Yeah, I want to get ahead of this and say, absolutely fine. Please don't do it in front of me. Yeah, it just upsets me. I don't like balloons. Yeah, or cars. Chris. Chris doesn't like it when balloons go away. Nope. nope. Hate it. Nope. It's not a sex thing, it's just a fair reaction. <laughs> Kent Blue writes in, Uncaged. Players are a team trying to escape a top-secret government prison. The catch? Everyone is a different character than Nick Cage has ever played. Oh, that's good. Isn't it? You've got a lot of really strong characters there. You've got... Stanley Christmas. S- Stanley Christmas? The guy from The Rock... Oh, yeah, I didn't know that was his name. No, no, sorry, Stanley Goodspeed, not Stanley Christmas. <laughs> that would have been even easier, but no. It was it was Christmas Jones from The World Is Not Enough. Yes. My apologies. You've yes. got you've got The Magician. Which I don't, one? Know, don't know his name when he's in The Magician. Okay, I don't remember that one. The one where he brings his own car to the set because it's so ridiculous. Where's a lot of corduroy? Yeah. Teaches a child how to do magic. Don't remember that one. Really good. You've got... You've got Drive Angry. Obviously Drive Angry, where he's essentially Ghost Rider. So, uh, you've got Ghost Rider. Exactly, you've got Ghost Rider as well. <laughs> he, he is Ghost Rider, isn't he? I've mm-hmm. forgotten about that. You've got that You've got that film where he can stop time. Basically, there's an awful... You've got National Explorer. No, National Conair. Treasure. Conair. There's a great deal of Nicolas Cage films, even if we can't remember a single one of his fucking character names. I was from about one of them. to say you've got the Polar Express until I remembered it was Tom Hanks. That's yeah, it's a different actor. That's a completely different one. Sorry, I read, but I really that's something that's pretty solid actually. Now I'm not sure. I think I'd 
Because I might, I worry that everyone being Nick Cage is going to lead to the joke wearing out pretty fast. See, that's the thing. He overacts in a sl- in a subtly different way in every film. Mm. And I don't think that we're good enough at acting to make it work. No, but think of this more as a long term social event. Okay, a LARP. So, no. An immersive game. No. So you've got. You've, you, you're going to play on Friday, on, on Saturday, right? Right, okay. And there's five players. Mm-hmm. Every day of the week running up to that, you watch the Nick Cage film related to one of the characters. Oh, I see. So okay. that you all know exactly what he can do. And if it wasn't in the film, you can't do it. That's brilliant. That means that if you're watching a film and for some reason you never see Nick Cage opening a door, he can't do it in the game. That's delicious. And the whole point is that, like, it's kind of, there's kind of an element of PvP to it. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you get a bonus to your next role if you call somebody out for oh, doing co- something correctly. that wasn't in the film. And you've got, and like, you've got, you've got, like, VLC up with the film and you can skip to the certain time. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, only, uh, it's, oh, it's, it's Nick Cage, but Highlander. There can only be one Nick Cage. There can only be one Nick Cage. That's why he's that's why he's so vastly different in all of his films, is because they're all different people. Yeah, and all, all those timelines have converged mm-hmm. in, let's say, Edinburgh. Okay. Um just I just wanted a, a city that isn't normally featured. Um and you you're trying to stop an end of the world situation. Mm-hmm. However, the only one that can stop the end of the world situation is the true Nick Cage. Gotcha. So you need to find out who that is. Nicholas Uncaged. Nicholas Uncaged. So we have, so they have to fight each other. Well, not necessarily fight each other. Like they they cooperate to deal with the smaller problems. Right. Okay. But yeah. there's like this meta PvP of calling people out. Like let's yeah. let's say that everybody has five plot points, and mm-hmm. every time they're called out, they lose a plot point. Gotcha. When all the plot points are gone, your character dies. Like you are I... clearly not the true Nick Cage, but you can still play. I like to think you can spend plot points as well sure. to achieve goals. But you can only spend plot points you've stolen from other people. Yes. So you have to harvest them from other Nick Cages. Yes, that's good. Nick's Cage? I think this has the I think this has real chops. I think it does. Plus we could probably get Nick Cage to be on the cover. It's not like he's busy. Or we could get Kent Blue to dress up as Nick Cage. Mm, the but resemblance is uncanny. On the cover. Yeah. I think that's better, honestly. Cheaper, I... certainly. No offence, Kent, but, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, so just to go back to Kent's original idea, the idea is that you're all trying to free yourself from a prison. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that might get a bit anarchic and a bit bottle episode-y. I also think Especially if you're all Nick Cage. A lot of the Nick Cages could just teleport. Yes, I mean, I think, like, two out of three Nick Cages can teleport. And any Nick Cage that has been in prison has escaped from prison. Especially if you get really, um, what's the word, persnickety with, not persnickety is not the right word, uh, very exacting with what Nick Cage can do because he did it in a film. And you'll say, well, hang on a sec, this film doesn't show him going to this location, so he must have teleported. <laughs> That's just a cut and he's here. So um, No, I think, I think you'd have to limit it to actual actions. Like, right, if, okay. if you saw Nick Cage teleport in the films, then he can mm-hmm. teleport. If you didn't yes. see him teleport, then he can't. I I like this a great deal. I think mm. there's there's quite a lot of homework to do. 
but, but that's, that's why I say like you do it as a group like you, you essentially yeah. have five movie nights in a row and you do get to watch Nick Cage films you do get to watch Nicolas Cage films which are generally pretty good fun they're always good now, now okay they're not always good sorry they're not always of great quality they're yes, always dri- a good evening Drive Angry was a steaming turd of a film which I enjoyed nonetheless yeah but like it was a one of you gets stuck film. with Raising Arizona yeah that's a challenge but it's up to you, I guess. Like, there's a lot of films to pick, and you get to pick your character. No duplicates. Mm. Yeah, you you get to pick your your version of Nick Cage and send him out into the world. Yeah, like, do you want to go Con Air? Do you want to go Face Off? Mm. Now, quick question: Can either of us do a pu- not even possible the smearest hint of a Nicolas Cage impression? No. Hi, hi, I'm Nicholas. Hi, I'm Nicholas Cage. Hi, it's I'm like just, weirdly uh, breathy. It's kind of like uh, kind of like Owen Wilson for some reason. Uh, oh. Nicholas Nicholas Cage. Hi, hi. I'm Nicholas Cage. Hi, I'm Nicholas Cage. Hi, I'm 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 Nicholas Cage from National Treasure, and I'm going to kill you, Sean Bean. That's it. Identical. Hi, I'm Nicholas Cage from Snake Eyes, and I got a gambling problem. <laughs> problem. Mm-hmm. Oh dear, it sounds like you've just been over a weir. Mmm. Mm. <sighs> I like this. I think this is our game. We're having it. Can I, can I put forward one final suggestion? Ah, go on. Mike Harrison Wood writes in, How about a game where someone starts off with a statement and then the next person has to say that exact thing but more sarcastic, repeating and going around the players getting more and more sarcastic? Whoever can't one-up the sarcasm of the previous player loses. I worry that that's going to jump... Like, it's a great game, but I worry that's going to jump straight to insanely sarcastic with the first one. So, I think you'd have to agree like that like, that, like there, there is an acceptable limit for how far you go up. Like like a gentleman's agreement rather than Yes, a... yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And Christopher, I would like to play this now. Oh would you? 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 Sorry, was that it? Hamlet grade ear poison. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to Hearty Dice Friends. Our game this week is Uncaged, where you play Nicolas Cage. You also get to watch a lot of fun Nicolas Cage films. Hey. This would also this would also work for uh, for my upcoming my upcoming game, completely unrelated, Between the Rock and a Hard Place, <laughs> <laughs> where, where you just have the rock films. That's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Are you are, are you now also trying really hard to think of other of other of other actors' names you could do this with? Yeah, you have to serve the every whim of a series of identical bearded Scotsmen. You are Gerard's butler. <laughs> <laughs> See who is the most prim and the most proper in the Judy's Dench. Mm. I can't. I cannot think of many. So there's M, the Judy Dench, but she hasn't had many other iconic roles. But there's like the Queen. That was Helen Mirren. Also Judy Dench. She's been she the, queen the Queen before. Oh yeah, she, she was. I think she was a different Queen, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, but she yeah. was a Queen. I don't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was a Queen. Yeah. It's good enough. All right. I mainly just so... want to play the Rock and get shorty. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. Um. He was someone's stupid brother, wasn't he? Yeah. 
yeah. with like these beautiful like lame shirts. Mm. Oh, he was he was a stunner in that and Get Shorty is the only film I've ever walked out of. Was that, was that was it was too good for you? It was it was terrible. I I sat through Drive Angry. You watched that in cinema? No, I saw it at your house. Oh yeah. While your dad tried to fucking deep throat fudge <laughs> and succeeded. That that man, that, your your father, it's like it's like it's like listening to a dog eat another dog while they're both fighting. It's awful. That man will fuck up fudge. He's a monster. Just despicable. I can Proud barely focus on Nicolas Cage. Our game is uncaged. Chris's dad makes a lot of noise when he eats. I'm working through some problems. Mm. We love you very much. If you like this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash hearty dice friends. Give us some cash. Come hang out in the Discord where we're all doing all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> very confrontational. Also... Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? I've had enough of this. You know what else you could do? You could you could write a review for us. If you like us that much. If you think we're so special. Why not write a review? Why not come around our house and give us a little cake? That's right. I imply we have one house. <laughs> Finally, if you really want to show us you love us, follow us on Twitter at HDF Podcast. Or are you a coward? Yeah, are you too scared to follow us on Twitter? I bet you are. I hope this doesn't lose us followers. Might, actually. Fairly we love you very much. We love. I thought you know, like like nineties adverts. You know, yeah, I, get up trying, there. I, I get it. You're tr- you're trying to be podcasts hard man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 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 a resurgence of that old sort of like, and maybe like there's there's kind of a grainy shot and there's static and there's just a load of televisions with a single eye on each of them, that sort of thing. Yeah. Press like you twat. That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Give us your money, or we'll just push you over into a load of old cans. It did work in the nineties. All right then. We love you very much. I'm sorry I said those things. See you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.